What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Mentally Gone Daily. This is episode number 34. My name is Callie Lacerda. And I am Gabriella Lopes. And first of all, we just want to celebrate the fact that our show, Mentally Gone, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the podcast platforms, has collectively surpassed 100,000 plays. Yeah, six figures. No, six figures. Yeah, six figures. Six figures. That's a pretty insane deal, Um, especially considering that for the longest time when we first started this podcast or when we first started our video format of the podcast, um, we would get maybe a few dozen clicks. Yeah, like 50, 20 views. Max, yeah. And then to have this milestone, you know, like to me, it's just mind-blowing it's really mind-boggling and obviously it's uh we we couldn't have done it without you guys yeah you know so we owe it all to every like like i'm sure that there's someone out there who listens to every single mentally gone daily episode and even though i will never understand why in like why in the right mind would you choose and like make that decision to like listen to us you know but um you do anyways and yeah it's just very humbling. It's very inspiring, motivating. Yes. Let's continue to help Callie with his imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Um, because he yeah. he doesn't recognize his accomplishments. You know, it's funny. Real quick, uh, before we jump into the conspiracy and the uh, interesting topics, I just want to quickly say something that I've been really thinking about lately. Prior to the pandemic, and I'm sure that a lot of people can maybe relate with this um, because maybe they feel the same. I feel like I killed an older version of myself, right? Like not an older version of myself, but a different version of myself, a more naive, a more lighthearted, a more ambitious version. I think that that died along with the whole pandemic thing. So with the advent of, of the pandemic and of the lockdowns and, you know, you're, a lot of people's lives got turned, twisted upside down, just like Will Smith says, and you lose part of yourself in that process. And some people like myself lose an entire identity, you know? And so I think that that's why I have what I have today is just this difficulty in accepting and viewing my reality as something stable because of what happened, this huge instability, this huge moment that destabilized every foundation that I used to deem um, indestructible. And Mm. with that being said, my, my point with all this is that I was like looking back at older episodes of myself speaking and even though I cringe and I want to crawl out of my skin when I watch myself talk two, three, four years ago, I was so sure of myself and just like so confident of my capability of speaking, of getting an idea across, of my intelligence, of my, even even if it was very um, ignorant, and just very uh, self-grandizing. I don't, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but I think I lost that a lot. And I feel like it's important for you to regain that and, and at least entertain a little bit of that in your life. You need a little bit of ego and you need a little bit of self-centered belief 
in yourself, obviously. And yeah, I just have to develop that over time again because I lost that completely. Like I was the type of guy who would read a bunch of self-help books, a bunch of business books, a bunch of, you know, watch and listen to a bunch of um, Gary Vee podcasts and business podcasts and self-development, Joe Rogan podcasts. And then I would essentially regurgitate that information and paint myself as being smarter than I actually was. But it would work because the people around me, especially people, especially people of, of my age, they weren't on the same wavelength mission yeah mm -hmm. like they just weren't doing the same thing because they were too busy partying and just indulging in superfluous superfluous see like i can't even speak today superfluous activities and so now i just have to regain who i am because i feel like even when i speak into this microphone i feel like over time i just became intimidated from the idea of speaking as i used to speak because in part, I feel like I feel like part of myself judges the pretentious aspect of how I want or how I speak to myself sometimes. I really can't put it into words right now. But I'm just going to try to regain that. And I've been trying to actively regain that. And it's been a whole mission. It's been a long time. And I just want to thank everybody for, you know, sticking around. Yeah, and I've been... Um... <laughs> I've been definitely, I've never had that is what I wanted to get to. Like, I never had that sureness or surety in mm. myself. Like, yeah. any glimmer of certainty of who I was, like, this confidence, this, you know, ev even, like, a portrayal of it. Like, I've never had that. And so that's kind of what my journey is about, is just overcoming I don't know, serious trauma, I guess, and serious insecurity and serious anxiety. And hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. But but I do think I've gotten better in terms of of not beating myself up for not being perfect because mm. I would do that much more but like years ago. And I feel like now if I'm not perfect then i mean yeah guys i still beat myself up but but um for example with these episodes like if i don't speak well and my brain is just fogged like i'm not beating myself up over it mm. and just trying to do it better the next day hopefully crossing the fingers and working on it as much as i can but yeah yeah and that's all there is to it it's just um gradually Gradually finding your your um your flow state, because even me like I just want to get back into what I used to do. Um, I used to read way more. I used to write a lot more, and that helped me with the whole podcasting, with the whole speaking in public, with you know el el eliminating the connective words like ums and ants and buts and all of these cringy you know, choices that I make because I'm just not as prepared as I once was. And so all of that has been an active attempt at just like regaining myself because back then I had a surety in who I was and I had a strong belief system that was kind of geared towards a future that I was building for myself, but it was all founded and, and rooted rather in this, um, fleeting 
thing, right? Which was my entrepreneurial journey. For those of you who don't know, just a quick recap. Prior to COVID, I was trying to open a commercial gym. And so obviously with COVID and with the pandemic, all gyms and all landlords just basically backed out and that everything fell through. And that was like a four year venture leading up to that point. And so a lot of my identity was centered around that. And I think that I still have anxiety when it comes to this podcast, because for example, we have a TikTok account. And even though our TikTok account has been an up and down battle or an up and down roller coaster ride because we got hacked uh, late last year and we, you know, barely got our account back, like almost didn't get it back, but then we got it back. We've been shadow banned by TikTok for a long time now. Our videos, we would post them and in 20 minutes, we would get 200,000 views on every single video, posting it every day. And then today we barely crack over 10,000 views uh, over a span of like seven days, like a whole week to like get 10,000, which isn't that big of a deal. But my, but my point is I'm still living in this environment of instability, you know, especially now with the talks of TikTok getting banned most of our brand deals that, that, that we've secured in order to keep us afloat has been through TikTok. So whether or not I have this hate relationship with the platform, which I do, like I completely despise it. And I, and I hold a certain resentment towards it because of their lack of support for creators. It is very anxiety inducing is my point is that I still haven't found that, that, that point in my life where I can feel stable and and proudly and confidently say that that what i'm doing that me getting in front of a microphone that me getting in front of whatever like the the irony is that the most stable thing that we have going on for us right now is the audio versions of the podcast like are like are these episodes which are the things that thanks to anchor and this isn't like an ad for them but i highly recommend if you're you know like starting out as a podcaster like they're really good at supporting you as a creator but they're actually consistently helping us build, like pave that way. And I think it's called podcasts for Spotify now. Yeah, because they they uh, changed it up, so they rebranded it, and now it's no longer anchored. But my point is is that we are slowly but surely trying to find our our flow state, and that's why I just wanted to take the beginning of this episode to just express how I felt about that. Because a lot of people follow us on Instagram and they follow us on other platforms and they may be thinking, oh, like, why the fuck aren't you guys posting any more podcasts, uh, video podcasts on YouTube? It's been a month. Like, what the fuck? Or they could be saying that the uh, reels that that I've been posting recently aren't up to par with the ones that we usually post from our podcast because they're not focusing on uncovering the truth and and exposing people celebrities and stuff or you know satanism Mm -hmm. the cabal uh, mysticism occultism all that stuff which we love to do and we love to you know talk about on our podcast but there's just a lot of judgment still around what we're doing and and what i have to do as a person and and just as a creative and that's good right like judgment expectation is important but i do want to first focus on establishing a financial stability through all of this and then that won't like bother me too much the idea of of there being so much judgment because then it's freeing you know but 
but yeah, like I don't even know if any if any of what I just said makes sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense to anybody listening to this, but makes sense to me. Just know that we've been talking a lot before we did this episode, and that's why we're we're recording this daily episode at eight p.m. right now because we've been like talking about it, um, planning it through, planning a video podcast for next week, planning uh, content for our other youtube channels and again it's very overwhelming because we do everything ourselves we've been uh, talking about buying a new computer you know to like uh increase production value increase production time um efficiency so that we can you know pulp out more stuff and then and then i don't know but it's been like a whole thing and I just appreciate it. Like this is all, all of this is just to thank the people who are listening to these audio episodes because it's really it's really the most motivating factor of just doing what I'm doing because as long as I have a microphone in front of me, I think I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, like TikTok can go away. I honestly don't care anymore. I've said this in past episodes, I really don't care. Instagram won't go away, but if it goes away too, so be it. All these platforms can go away, but as long as there's like, there's always going to be a new platform is my point. Like there's always going to be an opportunity for me to just express my voice, express my thoughts, and hopefully people resonate with it. And that, that, that idea of, of just ideas resonating is in of itself a timeless thing, right? So by design, I shouldn't feel as um, anxious as I feel because my stability is my voice, which I've, I've proved time and time again of like, of like starting stuff and, and just like trying things out and, and it, it almost always resonates. And so for that, I'm grateful because like, that's my God given gift, I guess, is just having a voice and having the ability and the courage to just express myself and not really care too much about how it's received. <laughs> yeah, that's well said. Yeah. I I think it's fitting that we describe ourselves like on um on our channels and stuff as two lost souls trying to make sense of this world. Yeah, because that's what it is for me. Yeah, but I I just have a strong belief that, you know, everything will work out. Yeah. And and I'll just say this as my last thing because I don't want it to be too personal. Like all the, <laughs> yeah, the whole episode be. Cra- I could get touchy too. Sorry. Yeah, but you 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 should if you feel um, inclined to do so. Like I'm just speaking off of intuition. You know, like I just want to, and that's another thing too is that I feel like there's nothing more powerful than intuition, and a lot of people numb their own personal intuition. And that's what creates a society that's just not powerful, hmm. you know, because because you like your superpower is your ability to feel and to have these gut feeling feelings and this. um, I don't know how to explain it, but I just want to reconnect with my intuition and just empower it more and just feed it because I don't know how many people listening to this know, but I I love art. You know, like I love watching hours long videos. Uh, well, well, I used to love hours long videos of just like breaking down a painting. I love the idea of just watching movies, old movies from like the 40s, 50s, 
just to analyze the the style of it and just so i just need to get back into that and the problem has been up until this point just the workload which is the reason why we've been late on everything else but hopefully we'll like figure it out so that i'm not just like stuck in this loop of just editing posting editing posting because i feel like there's more to being a creator than that you know like every major podcaster joe rogan does all his hobbies feeds his his soul and his spirit and then that's why he always comes through with like great content and i mm. feel like you can't be a good content creator a good hashtag quote-unquote influencer i hate that term but you can't be a a person who influences ideas and who shares ideas if all you do is just work and just you know but yeah. yeah so we hope to get a team together a band together but that costs money so we have to really really figure it out well if there's anyone who's interested in doing like an internship like let's say you're a starting <laughs> don't make that face yeah because because in a real world i don't think anybody really cares to work for someone for free unless you're already a well-established celebrity well hey look i was gonna say that if you if anyone did want to just putting that on the table like you know show us what your capabilities are and then if like if you're a legitimate person which which would be the case but then like well if we approve and stuff you know but my point is like then we would finally get to a point where we can pay an editor you yeah. know and pay well yeah yeah look look um so we can pay for an editor right now like i don't want to do internships because i don't believe in free labor because that doesn't really motivate people like people have to be motivated by something so you know usually startups and like small companies they offer a percentage of the company they offer shares and they offer all these things that have a monetary incentive attached to it but i would say this like if anybody listening believes in what we do has a firm understanding and use of um final cut pro premiere pro adobe software video editing software programs and knows how to make you know engaging viral tiktok videos similar to the ones that that we create then hit us up you know and just let us know because we are willing to do like package deals like i recently spoke to an editor and they priced out i think it was like 80 tiktoks per month which i had asked them to like give me a quote on that and it didn't come out necessarily expensive but it came out what it came out like 30 to like 30 30 bucks 30 bucks a clip yeah so 30 bucks a tiktok clip right but that's assuming that we close that monthly deal and that to me was just not like we still can't really get into that realm at the moment like we just can't like we can but it's not a smart business move because we right. don't have like consistent income coming in from our our content creation so it just doesn't make, doesn't make sense right now and that's twenty four hundred dollars which is like a price that people are paying on a mortgage you know right right so in that in that you know retrospect too it's like we're not even there yet where we have you know our own place and stuff you know right but then on the flip side if you're looking to make an extra thousand bucks a month 
and you want to like work with us on like making, you know, a, a decent amount of TikToks per month, then let us know because we're, we're, we're more than open to like talk about that. But it's like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's just rough because it is a business, you know, like we, we are approaching it as a business because that's the only way that we're going to be able to grow it and, and enrich the content that we also create. Yeah. But yeah, that was 20 minutes and that's the podcast guys. Bye. <laughs> And hey, isn't it crazy that it was kind of like a little therapy session and and it's Therapeutic Thursday. Is it Therapeutic Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I wanted to do this like every day is like its own little thing and ther- Thursdays were Therapeutic Thursdays. Do you have anything? Um, well, I no, no, I no, mean no, like oh. anything like personal? Oh. Yeah, I was going to say well, I mean, I could get into it, but it's up to you. I don't know that I'm ready. All right. Well, we don't have to. Um, but yeah, guys, I've been, there's a reason we didn't do the daily episode the last two days, right? Yeah. Um, and it's definitely my fault. <laughs> it's no one's fault. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going through some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Um, <laughs> So. And uh, and as you could see, I'm more and it's and it's funny because I I sometimes say that you're like more bottled up with your emotions, but you actually like give your time give yourself time to feel them. Mm. And me, on the other hand, like the irony is that I'm the one that's bottled up with my emotions because I feel them in the moment, but then I swallow it, escape it, and then distract myself from it. And then I'm like, oh, everything's fine again, you know. To, yeah. Two thumbs up, you know? No. It's like I've been going through a bunch of emotions, a bunch of thoughts, a bunch of, you know, just contemplating life, contemplating existence. Like, is there more to life than just what I currently do? Is there more to life than what I just currently experience? You know, I I don't want my life to center around views and clicks and shares and all that stuff because that shit just fucking kills my spirit. It kills my soul. I I've always felt and I'm going to say this hopefully in the mo- in in the least pretentious way possible but I've always felt like I've had an artistic soul versus a like business like a um uh yeah like like a business soul. So I've always been more artistically inclined. I've always liked the idea of just creating stuff that's meaningful, that's going to, you know, impact people, that's going to connect, that's going to emotionally uh enrich other people's lives you know versus just doing stuff for viral purposes and just oh like this is going to go viral first person to exit the tesla wins the tesla yeah <sighs> i just gave this person ten thousand dollars you know like a mr beastification of life mm. i don't, I don't want to go down that route and that's why we've been very careful and just very patient with the whole process of the podcast because like most people i'll tell you right now most people who 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 would m- maybe find themselves in the position that we're in where we got this sudden uh, surge in clout and all these followers and people and verified blue checks and celebrities are following us on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube even. And people's first intuition, I guess, is to just really double down on that and just and just be like, oh, shit, like we got to just uh, milk this shit now and we got to really go and stuff. But our reaction has been the opposite, actually. It just has been like, all right, so we got to really take a step back, look at what 
this is, try to understand it the best way we can, and then try to move forward. Yeah. And so, yeah, so next week we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not going to set expectations more for myself, really, because I don't really manage expectations well anymore at this point. But we're going to try our best. And, yeah. I mean, I could tell you guys uh, <laughs> what I messaged my mom. It's up to you. Whatever I'll just read the do. first part, but this is so I'm going to read it objectively, guys. Okay. So that I don't come over here getting too into it. But this is how I wrote the first part. <clears throat> I said that I've been having a really tough time and having this feeling for years where I'm really hard on myself for the mistakes I make, my downfalls and my shortcomings. And I always feel like any slip up I make will result in someone being upset and having a negative reaction. Every time there's even any risk for an error on my part, there's always that worry that someone will be upset or disappointed, angry, and, and even resent, resentful towards me. And that's why I get defensive when people even just give me constructive criticism. I can't take it for what it is. Because in my mind, I'm already catastrophizing it and expecting the worst and thinking that the person is trying to to belittle and humiliate me. Mm. But I'm not going to sit here and play a victim and say that people should bite their tongues when they want to say things. I'm trying to let go of these feelings. That's all I want to do. And okay, so anyways, that's that's a gist. That's like a brief explanation of it. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like very hypersensitive and I do get very defensive. Um, and yeah, yeah I'm not, normal. yeah, I'm not going to get into like everything where it comes from and stuff, but I like, ah, uh, just know it's just years of, of trauma. Yeah. It's just trauma that we all inherit from parents, you know, like that's what I've been talking to her a lot about is just this idea that like it, it's very common for people to to basically put all the blame on their parents and say like, oh, yeah, like I'm this way because when I was a kid, this happened and oh, like Freud, Freud said this and and there's a lot of weight that's put on deve developmental psychology and the idea of you know how you raise a child and but i also think that there's a lot of truth to it so i think that both of us are deeply traumatized by the way that our families dealt with us or or the way that our family treated us growing up and she has her ways of coping with it and i have my ways of coping with it but i don't think any of us has gotten close at all to um, solving that trauma and I feel like only over time when we actually seek professional help and and therapy sessions and stuff like every person I feel is supposed to do and needs to do then we'll eventually like get to the bottom of it but yeah I just feel like it's like a long long road and but it it needs to start somewhere like effort needs to be put somewhere and the lines need to be drawn, lines need to be established. And I've already begun establishing my own. Um, 
for those of you guys who who are listening and maybe don't know, I do not have a good relationship with my family. Um, I don't have love for the bulk of my family. And that's a crazy thing to say because people say like, oh, it doesn't matter whether whether we hate each other. We always love each other. Like my extended family, I could care less, you know, so it's like I have that for a reason because of how I was raised, because of how people treated me growing up, because of what I saw my like the the relationship of my family members and how they interacted with each other. So all of that fed into how I view family today. And that's why I don't put effort at all into like spending time, be it with my own family or or with Gabriella's family. So it just like everything boils down from that. And I don't feel any any weight to that. Like I don't feel any um how do I say this? I I don't feel any guilt for how I for 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 who I am today. No guilt at all. And how you've navigated it and stuff. Yeah, I have no regrets. I have no guilt. And I'm just going to continue doing whatever I need to do for myself. And that's just it. It's like leading a very selfish existence. But at the same time, it's, it, 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 it's a prerequisite for you to become selfless one day. So it's a healing process. And that's, yeah, 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 that's about it. Yeah, I teared up. Too, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love my family very much so, but I am, I'm a people pleaser by default and it's not good. Like it, it's not good to be that. I mean, I mean, it could be at times maybe, but like for yourself, if you're one of those people, like you need to let it go. Like you cannot make everyone happy. Especially if you're not making yourself happy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like a hard pill for me to swallow. Yeah. And I've I've always been the opposite. I've never been a people pleaser. Um, I'm the type of person where, and this is going to sound again fucked up, but I have family members who I don't speak to and haven't spoken to in years. And they live 30, 20 minutes away from me because of one falling out because of one instance that i overheard of them talking shit behind my back and like saying you know awful things and judging me and like doing all these things behind my back and then i just completely kill them and so to me they don't exist anymore metaphorically guys yeah yeah, (laughs) you just like kill them and then there you go (laughs) i kill them in my mind where 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 they don't exist anymore and they don't hold any weight on me yeah. And so I've transferred that and apply that to every other person, no matter who it is. In like close proximity, especially. Yeah, anyone. So so my point is that I hold a grudge. I hold resentment. And I think that that's always going to be part of who I am. But I'm just navigating this phase of my life where I'm trying to just 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 transform that into a a, a productive avenue where it benefits me more than it jeopardizes my my progress and my movement through life because being self-sufficient has always been my goal ever since i was a kid because i didn't really grow up with my mom present or my dad present so i so i was raised by my mom but she was always working and so we were raised by babysitters and the babysitters were, were always in flux like it was always a cycle you know like one would come in 
stay a week, two weeks, two months, and then disappear. And then my mom would get a new one. And then we also moved around a lot. And so I never had time to really establish intimate relationships with people because every time I did, it would be cut off. And then I would just, I would just, um, yeah, it like, it would just be cut off. So I feel like that's why today I'm just really detached in a way that's very cold from someone looking from the outside in. But for me, it's just very normal. And I don't have any guilt or any resentment, just like I said. And I and I even t- and I even told Gabriella this, which sounds wild too. It's like I don't even know if I want to put this on air, but metaphorically, if if a close family member were to perish, I think that I would process that in a like a very with like very little emotion which is kind of scary to think about but it's just because i've just always been used to this idea of just like being alone kind of and to this day like i just i don't know if that makes sense but yeah it makes sense it does make sense i mean it's like that quote from secession where what did Connor say about love that's not there? So you just get used to not feeling it or something? Yeah, yeah. He said that um, the thing about being in the fa- being a part of a family that doesn't love you is that you stop expecting it or something. Yeah, some something like that. Yeah, and and like that's just how I live my life, man. I I I honestly honestly just care like i've been caring less and less about those things the good thing about having a family that doesn't love you is you learn to live without it right exactly that so i relate to that a hundred percent but then the 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 crazy thing is that on a instinctive biological spiritual level we humans require love so we can have these ideas and these perceptions of living a loveless life and how it's manageable and how it's okay and how it's it's totally normal. But in reality, we all need it. It's just something that we all need deep down. And so even Connor in the show, he needs it so much that he's still searching and, and actively, you know, um, going after it. And that's why he gets married. Mm. Right. And so even if he knows that it's not completely pure, it's not real love, it's not 100% pure, it's not 100% unconditional, which I don't believe in unconditional love, unless it's condition, like, unless it's between like a mother and a child. And even then, it, it, like, there are cases where it's just not unconditional anymore. But, um, my point is that even if it's not pure, he still pursues it mm-hmm. because he needs it. So everybody needs it. Kendall needs it. Shiv needs it. Roman needs it. Everybody needs it. Logan also needed it. Yeah, and he was he was the composed, quote unquote, composed, has it all together, figured yeah. out. Cold monster. Cold tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll eventually talk more, but I. No pressure. Yeah, I feel like I'm not. I'm not there yet because I can't have these conversations that I haven't yet had with myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's just what I'm going off of. It's like I I haven't c- 
communicated with myself enough and like really sat in it to yeah. even start talking about it with other people. Mm. So. All right. So um, just to cover a few articles, I do want to open this episode up real quick, just with a quick um, little fun fact. Yep. Because today is April 20th. <laughs> Happy 420, blaze it. 420, dude. <sighs> 420 did oh yeah hell yeah dude <laughs> look at how we just flip a switch yeah and that's on coping mechanisms and that's called denial <laughs> it's a river denial. in egypt denial <laughs> is a river in egypt um so what is 420 the annual weed day history you never knew 420 is a cannabis related number that has evolved into an annual celebration for weed lovers on april 20. Its origin traces back to 1971 when a group of teenagers in California, a.k.a. the Waldos, used 420 as a code for their treasure hunt to find a hidden marijuana crop. They planned to meet at 4.20 p.m., although they never found the plants, the term caught on and became a code for smoking cannabis. Various theories contributed to 420 becoming a big deal in international cannabis culture. Some believe it was the police code to indicate weed smoking in progress. Urban legends also connected the number to, to Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction and the Grateful Dead band, none of which is true. Elon Musk also did his part. His $420 tweet irked Tesla investors, and he opted to remove Twitter checkmarks on April 20th. Mm. Which yeah. is, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just, just today. <laughs> yeah. And um, just a fun fact, too, for, well, it's not really a fun fact. It's just a fact. Um, I'm not a weed user. I, last time I used marijuana, I think it was in 2017, maybe, at wow. like a social event among friends. And that's like, that's been my relationship with weed and with, and, and with the marijuana uh for as long as i've known myself you know it's just been at functions high school parties occasionally in brazil and but yeah that's it and an edible yeah and it, <laughs> and an edible to calm down the anxiety which recently i did purchase a uh t i don't i don't know if it's thc it is. it's a it's a delta eight gummy uh that is designed to help you sleep because I've because I've been having like rough time sleeping because of my anxiety, so I just got it to like try it out, and it arrived today of all of all days, four twenty. And I'm gonna quickly take a pee break. All right, go pee. <laughs> and it arrived today of all days, four twenty. And um, yeah, and I'm I'm gonna start experimenting with that. But I've been contemplating about the idea of maybe indulging a little more into the whole weed culture. I don't know. I don't know how many of you guys have like use it or actively you know uh take part in those activities but it's a possibility that i've been open to especially considering that new jersey has somewhat legalized it to a certain extent where you can use it at your home and you can buy it at dispensaries across new jersey so i might i might try it out i might try it out because i've also been wanting to find something that really enhances my creativity because i also like to paint <laughs> which i don't know how many of you guys knew that about me but i have a few paintings right now that i'm staring at that i kind of like shoved away in our little studio and i do want to get back into painting i, I want to create like a little ritual 
thing where it's just designed to really boost my creativity and really help me kind of like find myself through the the act of creation and not just like content creation because content creation tends to get really lost you know in the whole world of just um, numbers and just clicks and stuff so it's important for you to have an activity that's more based on artistic expression versus just you know the the very linear method and she peed super fast did you wash your hands <laughs> no okay i had to come back guys i'll wash super it after fast my fast, fingers fast, are fast, not fast. going anywhere relax all right so do you have an article for us uh yeah i actually did want to talk about huh <laughs> what oh i was gonna say that for a second i thought it was called 420 mm -hmm. because i thought that it was like four grams twenty dollars <laughs> <laughs> maybe but no it's no, not that's i'm pretty too sure expensive, it's right no that's like cheap four grams for 20 dollars. see like yeah I don't, I don't i don't even know what four grams looks like because that's how little <laughs> i know about that culture i'm pretty sure it's pretty cheap i mean i could be wrong <clears throat> people are like what that is that's not cheap girl you you paying a fortune or something and it's funny because my family in brazil like they're the old school traditional thinking brazilians you know the catholic brazilians hyper religious and they've always been of the belief that marijuana is the drug of the devil you know it's like oh if you smoke marijuana uh it's a gateway drug and sooner or later you'll, you'll be under a bridge uh smelling glue and fucking smoking crack and shit yeah and that was always the story that was told when when i was growing up and obviously that demotivated me and kind of derailed me from any um ideas of involving myself in that in that culture pursuing doing yeah. it every day and stuff but i also don't want to become a joe rogan who has to numb himself up every episode in order to get through it you know like he's yeah. he has too many vices and i don't find that to be healthy like he has addictions that he uh you know uh camouflages it with productivity but it only enables the the addiction more and more if that makes sense like i've never seen him as a healthy person he's just hyper like hyperactive hyper addicted um i think that he's you know like he's like shooting up stuff like testosterone and shit some steroids and he's admitted to it because of his age but he's just too much yeah too much i feel like he tries to portray himself as one way but he ends up being the other way mm, i mean that's not surprising he's a big he's a big I superstar mean, guy i would also numb myself up if i had millions of people listening to this right now <laughs> or maybe i wouldn't actually no i don't think i would because even right now with with a few thousand people listening i feel comfortable yeah as comfortable if not more ironically as i was when we had 10 people listening yeah me too because because in because in my head you guys are enabling my expression by showing up and by actually uh by actually listening yeah so like, you're sending me a message that what i'm saying is valid and that motivates me to just be more valid mm -hmm. if that makes sense or relatable or whatever the case is but that it's like in in some way it a like i don't know there's a there's a reality in it yeah i guess based in it yeah. and if that makes any sense but i did have an article this is kind of like um not 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 a serious one um but woody harrelson has recently confirmed that matthew mcconaughey might be his brother what <laughs> 
Woody Harrelson confirmed Matthew McConaughey's claim that they might be half brothers, saying there is some uh, veracity, I guess that's the word, to that thought. Harrelson says that they went, they want a DNA test, but it's a bigger deal for McConaughey, who will feel like he is losing a father. McConaughey had said his mom may have met Harrelson's dad while she was divorcing his dad. Oh, shit. The pair will star in Apple TV's Brother from Another Mother. Oh. But how funny is it, though? No, uh, I think that... You don't think that that's just a ploy, a marketing no, ploy? No, I think that they were already set to, like, star in this TV series, and then they figured it all out because maybe the mom was, like, you know, feeling a little guilt yeah. in, in, like, hiding this thing, and then she... And she saw that they were working together because they've been friends for a long time, I heard. Mm -hmm. And she was probably like, you know what? I knew, Har I knew quote unquote, Harrelson's dad, meaning they, they've they definitely done the deed. And so maybe they share a mom or no, they share a mom or they share. Oh, they share. They share a mom. No, they share a dad. They could share. So, so from what I read, and yes, I did read Ma Matthew McConaughey's book, I'm like Green Lights. Um, he said that his dad was very, was like a womanizer, low key. So, like he was like a ladies' man. Mm. So it would make sense. But then he also said that he, that his father and his mother would get into crazy fights to a point where they would almost kill each other. Yeah. Like knife would get like knives would get involved and you know violence heavy violence so definitely a disruptive household and I wouldn't be surprised if in fact his father was you know chasing some other hounds. All right, all right. So all right. so yeah, they would share a mom. Is so that's what I was trying to understand. He would be losing a father because then his father wouldn't be his real father. So maternal brothers. Maternal brothers, right. And it's and it's funny that the show is called From Another Mother, meaning that they would have been like half brothers sharing a father. Brother but then the reality brother. is that they're half brothers sharing a mom. And it's so crazy because now that I look at pictures, I'm like, huh, they're eerily similar looking. Blue eyes. Yeah. They got the same kind of lips. They have like the same eye shape a little bit. Nose, like long type of nose here. You want to just quickly look at the picture? Yeah, let me see. But let me yeah, see these cats. The, they definitely have some resemblance. They definitely do. Woody Harrelson yeah. just looks a bit older, obviously. And, yeah. you know. You're right, actually. The, the chin the the mouth dimples like when you smile yeah the eye color they're both blue eyes the the same blue kind of eyes interesting hard to see in that picture but but very. matthew mcconaughey definitely has blue eyes very interesting um yeah crazy uh so yeah that's my article or it could be a marketing ploy for the for the upcoming thing <laughs> yeah or that but but like i wouldn't be surprised possible, you know? all right um I don't know how many of you guys have known this, but a lot of the movies and the upcoming and just new recent TV shows have been uh, hiring occult consultants to help them with their spells. What? Like actual occultists are going on sets and they're helping, 
you know, to determine the validity and the efficacy of the spells that are being casted on these movies and on the like in these shows, essentially. Oh, so when you're watching the movie, the cast, the They're spell will spells. be cast on you. Yeah. Huh. So horror shows like Mayfair witches hire occult consultants to cast their spells. As witches and interest, huh? as witches and interest in Wicca became more common in the broader culture, occult consultants are finding more work on film and television sets. So essentially they like during a movie, if you watch like Doctor Strange, for example, if you watch uh, WandaVision, if you watch any of the Marvel movies that involve magic and spell casting, or if you watch maybe Harry Potter, even know that there are real occultists that are hired to be on set and to analyze and to help the actors, you know, help them cast spells efficiently. Effectively. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's... Effectively. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. And I've always thought about that too, right? Like when you're watching a movie, especially horror movies like The Conjuring and just possession movies and shit. Have you ever seen those um, videos that people capture in the theaters of like one audience member gets quote unquote possessed yeah. while watching something and then they start screaming and just yelling and just and and just basically having a, a fucking episode I've always thought about that. Like, it could be great marketing for the movie. It could be a paid actor. It could be very simple. You know, like one person goes in there, starts acting crazy during a scary movie, knowing that someone is bound to film it, record it, post it, goes viral. Okay. And then it entices horror movie lovers from all around the world to look at that and be like, hell yeah, man, I definitely want to check that out. That's hardcore, bro. And then, and then, and, and then it entices them to go to the movies more and more. But I also think that maybe there's like a small chance that it's not marketing and that it's actually real. You know, like you're you're basically opening yourself up emotionally to these effects. So if you look at movies that make you laugh and cry and just feel all these emotional triggers, this manipulation of emotion is a prerequisite for you to open yourself up to mm. assimilating and receiving influence, you know. And 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 there's like a saying in those movies where it's like the demons prey on the most um, vulnerable or like like you're saying the people that are um, are highly emotional. So whether that's you know, fearful or whatever, but the demons that I possess always target the most vulnerable person, which is why sometimes like kids in the movies, sometimes it's, you know, whatever else. But mm interesting speaking of demons possessing real quick speaking of demons possessing lady gaga has been appointed co-chair of president joe biden's art and humanities committee what which is weird right because lady gaga for those of you who don't know she went under the wings of a well-renowned and you know uh one of the most powerful practicing witches and occultists and satanists of of today like alive essentially uh her name is marina abrivo abramovic uh no marina abramovic is her name if you guys search her up on google or uh DuckDuckGo or whichever you know search engine you use you'll see a bunch of shocking and disturbing images of this lady and she's the one that invented or didn't invent but she kind of um let like led the movement for spiritual cooking which is a form of witchcraft that involves using, you know, flesh and yeah. blood and just humans oh 
as a way to, yeah. And she also hosted a very famous dinner event where a bunch of celebrities, well-known celebrities like Will Ferrell and just, you know, mainstream A-list celebrities showed up. And on top of the dinner tables were fake, quote-unquote, human bodies, naked human bodies that were designed to be eaten. Oh, that's so... So it's like a cake. Cannibalism it's like, yeah. type of... Yeah, so 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 she's the most prominent dark practicing witch of our time. And it just so happens that she's best friends with Lady Gaga. And there have been stories of Lady Gaga telling of just instances where she would go to, to uh, practice with Marina and Marina would blindfold her naked and drop her off in the middle of the woods towards sundown and she had to find her way back and survive essentially like that's part of the whole thing that they do the whole satanic like witchcraft or type of yeah something like that practice um i was is that the lady that had that magazine cover yes. with the kid and stuff yep and i was gonna say what's interesting is that she does a lot of like one eye symbolism mm -hmm. this lady and and so does lady gaga if you search up like lady gaga one eye symbolism there's there must be like hundreds i think but but definitely a few dozen pictures of her doing like yeah. you know a 666 symbol over one eye or covering the eye completely with a like, snake around her neck yeah. and always yeah or wearing like a priest's um what do you call the attire. thing yeah like priest attire while doing it oh definitely weird and yeah. also i just found that the dalai lama in 2016 there's like footage that resurfaced of the Dalai Lama tickling Lady Gaga's leg. Right, because because they're all buddies, they're all pals, man. And uh, and I guess she had no problem with it because, uh, yeah, there was nothing else said to it. Because they've done way more than tickling. Like these people, these huge personalities, these huge politicians, huge influencers, they all gather together, they all derobe behind the scenes at someone's mansion at a fucking Rothschild mansion, just like in Eyes Wide Shut featuring Tom Cruise, Stanley Kubrick's last movie before he mysteriously died and vanished because there was 40, 40 minutes worth of the movie was cut out because mm. it was just exposing something that the studio heads were like, uh, we got to clean it up and then uh, release it. But, but he died mysteriously. And so like that, that movie, by the way, I highly recommend you guys checking it out. But my point is that they they like they all know each other. They're all familiar. They all are very intimate with each other. Like I've been going down a, a crazy rabbit hole with uh, Puff Puff Daddy or or P Diddy or whatever they call him, the hip hop mogul. Some consider him to be one of the most legendary rappers of all time. I'm a huge hip hop rap fan. Never been into P Diddy. And I feel like that's just my soul and my just intuition, just not wanting to like get get close to that guy. But he's like super sus. Like I, I would like I've been going down a crazy rabbit hole with him. But but essentially every every major rapper that you know of passed through P Diddy, including Justin Bieber. Like there's a video of Justin Bieber, a 16 year old Justin Bieber hanging out with a 30, 40 year old P Diddy. <sighs> which is so weird and then p diddy's implying like a bunch of stuff that that they're gonna do together and that and that he has justin bieber for the weekend and and it's super disturbing dude 
But my point is that they're all into that fucking gay shit, dude. Like, they all butt fuck each other. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> For anybody listening who, who has their family around, you know, plug on some... <laughs> Air, some <laughs> airphones or whatever uh, Airphone. earphones <laughs> some airphones AirPods. airpods see let's see like that's the apple conditioning yeah but yeah like that guy's into some weird shit dude it's all like hollywood especially rap culture it's super super gay dude <laughs> like like yeah i'm like i'm just gonna say it straight up it's like super gay super and then gay. trying to prove that you're not gay Right. And then that's the irony, right? Is that they all overcompensate, especially at, during the era of gangster rap. And even today, like they all overcompensate with all these songs about killing and robbing and fucking bitches and shits because they're overcompensating, dude. Always ask yourself, oh, excuse me. Always ask yourself, why do people overcompensate? And what are they all overcompensating for? And mm. usually it's the opposite, right? So yeah. the, the polar opposite leads you back to the original pole yeah that's that's a that's a great point yeah i wanted to talk about i guess this will be my will it be my last one will it be my last one it might be my last one we're at almost an hour yeah so i did want to address like the recent shootings that have been happening i don't know if you've heard about all of them Mm. um but a lot of kids like not kids but but young adults slash teenagers um getting shot and one of them obviously was ralph yarrell who is the black teenage boy in kansas city that we talked about who was shot in the head Mm -hmm. for knocking on the wrong door and his shooter was released and no charges as of yet i don't think but there there were a few other incidents in the same week so there's another instance. It was a 20-year-old girl named um, Kaylin Gillis who was shot for pulling into the wrong driveway in mm. New York. So what? she was driving her car. I guess she turned into the wrong driveway. And I don't have the whole story here, but I'm get like they just shot her. I don't know what her condition. Oh, I think that she actually passed away. If I'm not mistaken, from the from the from shooting, the wound? yeah, Kaylin Gillis, That's and crazy. she was um, 20 years old. Damn, dude! Imagine. And then another incident was four members of a cheerleading team in Texas were shot on Tuesday after the girls mistakenly tried to get into the wrong car. She was 18 years old. Her name is Peyton Washington, and she was shot in the leg and the back, damaging multiple organs. And she she beforehand was already competing with with one lung. This is America. Um. So yeah, getting into the wrong car, wrong door, wrong driveway. So, and I wonder, like, where exactly the well, the Kaylin Gillis one was in New York. The Ralph Yarrow one was in Kansas City, Missouri, mm-hmm. and the Payne Washington one was in Texas. So I'm like even thinking, like, I I was almost going to say that it's in these southern states, but New York is not a southern state. Yeah. So it's just alarming that. It can really happen anywhere, even the states that have like um, more gun. Uh, what's the words? Gun laws. Gun laws, I guess. Yeah. You know who don't gun really restrictions. Right. Um, so it can happen anywhere, and it's just crazy because you start thinking like 
like this can happen to you one wrong move like i I thought that i catastrophize making one wrong move in my life to making a turn for the worse but but these people they're these kids these young adults who have a whole life ahead of them um one wrong move and they're dead or they're fighting for their life yeah fight for my life yeah that's wild but i did also want to say that something that's it like this is so ridiculous well i don't know but the kaylin gillis girl who passed away she her parents set up a gofundme Mm. right to cover the cost and i think she raised up to like eighty thousand or something on the gofundme and at the same time, Ralph Yarrow, who was the black teenage boy who got shot in the head, who was released from the hospital like two days later and returned home to his family, um, raised like up to four million. Four million? Almost. And what? people are like, wow, like how much of that is actually like medical bills and GoFundMe should should like refund people if it's not going towards medical bills and stuff like people shouldn't be able to like pocket free income off of like GoFundMe huh. cases and stuff because he was able to get home to his family um, two days later and then meanwhile this girl who their her parents still have to pay the medical bills and the funeral expenses now made like a fraction of what this of what this kid made in you know in comparison that's crazy dude i don't think it's fair to compare because obviously you know four million dollars though yeah like i mean yeah the amount is pretty it's pretty wild no that's crazy like that's life changing money right there that is pretty wild and i don't know how i feel about people saying that all like they should refund the money because first of all if you're you know if you're how do i say this if you're donating in the first place if you're donating in the first place then it's because you care about the cause and and hopefully it's because you care about the people so why like why, like i don't know like humans always get so fucking weird whenever someone is just one upping them even if it's in this you know dark fucked up scenario where some kid gets fucking shot for no reason in his head yeah and then people are like yeah oh my god that's horrible here's five dollars here's ten dollars here's twenty dollars and then they see the total and then and then they realize that they contributed to this person now having more money than they can ever fathom or ever imagine in their own lifetime and then they're like um i don't think that's fair because uh now just because you got shot in the head doesn't mean you become a million like, like yeah i don't know i just and what you want to get refunded for your 20 dollars like donation it's dude. not gonna make you the millionaire like people have this perception that it's like yeah but the, what you're saying that you have to like compete in wealth kind of thing you know but that just shows that there's no such thing i don't believe in unconditional anything everything's conditioned and so yeah. these like unconditional donors, you know, they they donated unconditionally because I I just oh my god, it was so shocking that I just had to donate $5. I mean, I just couldn't yeah. I just couldn't bear it. It was so sad. And then that should be it. Like you you donate it and then that's it. Like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But the problem is that they keep you know following that whole process and they want to know what happens it's almost ah it's just so like humans can be so shitty i feel yeah if you donate your five dollars or your twenty dollars or your hundred dollars okay just do it and then move on with your life 
like Mm-mm. who cares if the family now fucking buys a mansion you know yeah like, like who fucking cares i mean good they they should use that money to move out of wherever the hell they are yeah wherever they got shot 100%. and also the story was that he was going to pick up his siblings you know mm-hmm. like maybe now they don't even need to freaking hire maybe they have a chauffeur now like uh, a, yeah a fucking ex uh an ex-marine now drives them to school you know who cares um but but i was gonna say like they don't even need a babysitter now like they can have an in-house you know yeah full time they could take time off of work shit like yeah. i mean good for them yeah, which they, don't they have should to work for a while now yeah if i got four million dollars oh like i'd want to do so much with that money yeah that's a that that's is like like a million is already life-changing and that's why you know people play the lottery they hope and pray there's different to, um different kinds of lotteries like it's not always the the mega millions and the you know billing going into the billions and stuff you know mm-hmm. um but um yeah people uh, one million is already a big, big which is difference. <laughs> which is funny right um i just want to play this part real quick and i i know that this episode has been all over the place guys but again like some days are just gonna be like this and it's and hopefully you felt like you're just literally hanging out with us and it's not 100 percent always on the money with like oh like they they didn't really dissect too many articles today but who cares um i just want to show you guys this clip speaking of you said four million dollars being life-changing right yeah okay now this is a scene from secession i was just talking to my mom and she said apparently he'll leave me five million anyway so i'm golden baby you can't do anything with five greg five's a nightmare is it oh yeah can't retire not worth it to work oh yes five will drive you un poco loco my fine feathered friend poorest rich person in america the world's tallest dwarf the weakest strong man at the circus mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so funny that's from secession yeah it's just so funny because greg which is one of my favorite characters cousin he, greg cousin greg he never catches a break and then here he's <laughs> talking about his inheritance which which he didn't get by the way because um, his uh grandpa yeah um yeah donated it we won't say where greenpeace yeah i yeah. was gonna say we won't say where greenpeace uh, who cares dude well, like if let, you haven't watched it until now let people watch it come on but guys. anyways it's just funny though because <laughs> because like we have this perception like four million dollars right but then it, if you like i don't think people can really fathom how much money some people have like some people in america have so much money yeah <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why i try my best to not view money as this like all all and be all you know yeah because there are people who casually drop ten thousand dollars on a fucking dinner and then casually drop a hundred thousand dollars on a little car for their a gift for their little whatever and then (laughs) happy 16th birthday yeah it's like casually (laughs) right and i feel like these people even though you obviously shouldn't worship money and and your life shouldn't revolve around materialism i strongly believe in that but these people have tapped into a frequency a state of mind that again ties back to the beginning of the episode when i talked about like the benefits of being a little ignorant and a little naive for your own good like these people have tapped into a frequency where it's not you know predicated on like fear-mongering and this idea of scarcity that a lot of us 
as Americans deal with every single day. It's just like, oh, like we are living paycheck to paycheck. Bills are coming up. I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to go to fucking Europe this year. Or some people don't even fucking travel like myself. I, I don't have traveling experience at all other than going to Brazil and London once. I went to London. But yeah, it's just just there's something there is my point like we just all have to really try to understand how these people think because i think it could benefit us and then it ties back to the napoleon hill book uh think and grow rich which is a good book even though it's kind of overhyped and and misconstrued but yeah it's a good book Hmm. but it just ties into that um just to close out my end this is super quick And it ties back to what we talked about in the beginning of the episode about parents, uh, poor parenting, um, influencing kids and and children, babies, and developing just unstable adults. There's a video circulating on Twitter of a woman who took her infant child, her baby, to a drag show, a transgender show. (sighs) her infant child and just decided that that was a good idea and apparently during this show the drag queens the transgender people were doing very obscene and sensual moves and movements and acts and there were children in the room and this was not the only child that was in this room there was another girl that was maybe four three years old she was put in the spotlight in the room full of adults and full of in my opinion, some of them predators. Some of these, you know, drag queens are predators. Aroused. And have, like, they're all aroused. Yeah, like pre- like predatory behavior for sure. And she was put in the spotlight and she was told to dance sensually. This three to four-year-old girl. And there's also a video of that. <sighs> and I just find that so repulsive, man. It's just so fucked. It's like it's not even about rights anymore or equality. It's just about fucking preying on your kids, dude. And parents being fucking blind enough to facilitate that act. Like, these parents should go to fucking jail, should be tried for this. It's like, there's a video of the fucking newborn tipping the drag queen with a with a $1 bill. Almost as if, you know, like a stripper thing. Tipping $1 bill to the drag queen and the drag queen coming and collecting it and stuff. Fucking newborn, dude. Like, literally less than a year old. Yeah, I mean, look, oh, yeah, God. if you wouldn't take your kid to a strip club to look at like ass shaking and stuff, then yeah. why would you take like anything that has like adult themes uh, to it? Right. Then leave it to the adults. Yeah. Yeah, I God, agree. Dude. I mean, it's not even about like the the um, what's it called? The agenda? No. Um. What, what, what are they called? Damn. What are what called? When they when they dress uh drag queen? Drag queen, there you go. Uh, it's yeah. not even about it being drag queens. It's about, you know I'm so tired. Uh, I'm honestly the exhausted. Pr- the promiscuous nature, yeah. the you know, you just don't do that. Look, I don't get into politics, not just because um I'm doing a podcast, but in life in general, like you can ask like i i'm just not a politically um inclined person because i find that exhausting and it's very draining even though i try my best to be in in the loop enough so that i understand things that could affect me as a citizen as a person in this country but all i'll say is i think we could use 
some fucking Republican in office, even though it's not going to change anything, by the way, because, you know, it's just an illusion like this, this polarity, this polarization of politics is by design and it's meant to deceive and it's meant to just create the illusion of change. But my point is I'm tired of Democrats, man. Yeah. Liberals, Democrats, they could all just, uh, just fuck off. Just like Logan Roy says. Fuck off. Fuck off. I want Trump in office. How about that? I'll just say that right here. Damn. Bring bring Trump back in office. Because look, Trump, he could also be a puppet and probably is. But and because he hasn't been killed yet, like JFK, um, he probably is a puppet a puppet. But because he's being tried now, leads me to believe that maybe he did upset a few of the deep state members and he stirred a, a like he definitely stirred the pot a little bit mm-hmm. and i like that about him you know um a lot of his policies are horrible by the way but some of them were good and i think that he should come back and maybe try to like stabilize the country a little bit again yeah i mean i don't know man again that's just a random again i I, full disclosure i'm not a fucking political uh expert i didn't go to college for politics i don't know anything about politics i don't read political anything i don't have cnn or fucking any fox news running in the background of my studio every day all day i don't i'm not that guy but i'm just tired of fucking democrats so i want the polar opposite yeah i mean i feel like it's it's always good to have a little balance you know we did the democrat thing for the last uh, almost four years. E- four years almost oh, yeah it's been four years yeah but <laughs> but he's talking about running again and he is gonna run again the fucking sleepy joe fucking guy nah, dude, barely... i'm sorry like you're you probably won't even be around for another four oh, years my God. but 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 that's their plan it's to keep him in office until he <laughs> perishes so that kamala harris can like take place and then be the first female no there's a the female fuck. democrat running for a president oh it's the oh man uh tulsi gabbard right guys i don't know how <laughs> is it tulsi gabbard i'm not even gonna say anything I don't know what her name is. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I think it's her name. I think she's a Democrat. Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know. Damn, I don't even know. See, that's how much we know. See? Oh, right here. Uh, Williamson is her name. Williamson. Um, Marianne Williamson, a self-help author and former spiritual advisor. <laughs> is running for a second time in her unsuccessful 2020 campaign she called for a federal department of peace supported reparations for slavery and called trump trumpism a symptom of an illness in the american psyche that could not be cured with political policies yeah so that's her there's another Democrat, Rob. Oh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's the nephew of porm- former President John F. Kennedy, yeah. who's a prominent anti-vaccine activist, is also running as a Democrat. Wow. Um, but yeah, interesting. I don't uh, know. All I'll say is that I don't trust any of them. <laughs> I don't. I never trust any of them. So I, like, yeah, that's why I never I, cared I never about vote. politics. I never vote. Because so. because I just view it as like a futile sport. It's like imagine imagine people just rooting for a basketball game, right? And I don't even watch basketball. I don't think I've ever really watched the full game of basketball from start to finish and really understood it and really cheer for any team. But imagine you were watching a full game of basketball, knowing that 
it doesn't matter who wins. Yeah. It makes no difference who wins and that everything you're seeing is just for show and it's just an illusion. It's just meant for distractive purposes. It's just meant for, it's just an illusion. Like that's all it is. And so then ask yourself like, why, like what's the point? Like what's the value in watching that? If you know that every emotion that you spill into that thing is going nowhere because it doesn't matter. Mm. you cheering doesn't matter it's not going to change anything because everything's already pre-designed and just pre-established like the the winner is already established and just written in stone way before the game ever happened and so that's how politics in the u.s works that's how world politics works that's how the world economic forum operates that's that's how everything operates like the the deep state again i said this on a past episode the people who run the world live in switzerland Look into that. Geneva. Whoever runs Geneva runs the world. It's very crazy. It's a crazy rabbit hole, but that will start the path on really realizing who and what runs our planet. That's where CERN is located. That's where they do all the fucking freaky ceremonies and fucking rituals. Um, it's, it's wild. And that's why Switzerland has never really been fully involved and fully uh, damaged in like world events like during world events <laughs> yeah they're doing all the plotting and scheming yeah and that's where they choose every president every u.s president that's where they choose every president of every main first world country developing country that's where they do all the world planning that's the place so with that being said that's all i have for today how about you uh yeah me too all right mate so we gonna uh drop off here all right, this is Kangaroo Cali. Oh, I wanted to say the last, last thing. If you guys look at the dollar bill, the one dollar bill, in the corner of the one, mm -hmm. of the one on the dollar bill, at the very corner of the outside of the design, there's a little owl figure. Yeah, I, I covered that in a tiktok video oh did you yeah oh shoot and it's, i have to start watching your things more huh <laughs> yeah she doesn't even watch myself no i do sometimes it's Come deliberately on. placed there and that little owl people believe is a homage a hint a clue because they love playing little cat and mouse games with us it's a little clue to the bohemian grove and there they worship the big owl moloch oh, which is the shit. owl god and so owls have always been a very big part of American culture or American like deep state culture, if you will. Damn. So you jumped on this like way before it started getting more coverage, huh? Look at you. Yeah. Who would have thought? I'm a pioneer in ways. Not me. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> You're so smart. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so is that it? Yeah, I guess that was it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so with that being said, guys, thanks again for uh, sticking through. If you made it to the end of this podcast, like help me figure out like what can we do as a thank you to the people who listen to the end of every podcast? Like I want to start doing something. So, for example, right, we have been wanting to get back into voicemails. So we're going to leave the voicemail number only at the end of the episodes that way only the people who legitimately listen all the way through are gonna know what the number is because we haven't been po like putting the number out anywhere else anymore so people can obviously find it by going back in older episodes um on our youtube channel if they go into the, the description on our podcast episodes but moving forward we haven't been doing it so the number 
uh, just get something ready for you to write it down, is 201-890-2907. 201-890-2907. What's your the fucking number, dude? I have I to do it a remember. third time now. 201-890-2907. So what you could do... Um, is just call us just like literally give us a call uh give us your thoughts on things that we talk about on these daily episodes it could be specific to a specific episode if it is uh, just make sure to um, establish that in your voicemail and just let us know like oh like the, this is regarding the episode because that helps us also like go back and maybe re-listen if we need to and before addressing your um voicemail but we'll be reacting to your voicemail on our mentally gone dailies and that way we'll create this little insider um, niche thing, you know, where only the true, true mentally goners out there who are just like us, who just like to talk and just ramble about different shit. You guys will, um, yeah, be able to just do that. Talk to us. Yeah. And then and then exactly like talk back to us, you know, because it's very limiting doing doing these podcasts in that sense because we're not actively getting feedback. So because it's not live but by doing this maybe we can establish re-establish because we've had a bunch of people sending in voicemails and we have a bunch of voicemails that just got lost in oblivion because they're way too old now to, to even address them but we do want to eventually get to all, every single one but we'll always start with the most recent ones moving forward yes yeah all right so yeah so call us to a one eight nine zero two one eight nine zero uh, two nine zero seven. <laughs> yeah, twenty nine zero seven. All right. Uh, so with that being said, don't forget also. Yeah, you were gonna say something. That's it seems. It, no. oh. uh, don't forget that it's never wrong to be mentally, mentally gone. gone. Peace, Peace to, to the, the world. world. Mwah. Yeah.